Watch your language because the words you use can make or break the rest of your life. Hello, hello. It's Laura here. How are you doing? Thank you for being here with me. I'm glad you're here. We need to talk about your word list. Have I told you yet to create a word list? If not, it is something that will help you tremendously in your personal life and in business. About once a month, I pull out my phone and I text one of my clients some words from a luxury word list. You see, his prospects will give him money to help them achieve their joint goals. And so he needs the kind of words, luxury words, that will attract the kind of prospect who will have large sums of money. Now, you might be saying, well, that's uh, interesting. Let's go a little deeper, though. For example, this past week, words that began with the letter P, luxury words that he could use with his prospects to reach them and resonate with them. Passport, perfect, personal, personalized, pleasure, posh, praise, preferred, premium, presence, prioritized, priority booking, private guide, private lesson, privilege, professionalism, program, proposal, providing, pure. Now you might say, Laura, that's a long list of words that just begin with the letter P. Surely you don't have luxury words A through Z. And does he really need that many? Will you tell me if you are better equipped to face life, to communicate, to connect, and to empower others, wouldn't you want to have your best of everything, including words? My friend, that is only half of the words that begin with P to even begin helping someone attract high-paying clients. Here's some more. Pedigreed, perfectly coordinated, personal preferences, picturesque, plethora, powerful, preferences, premier, prerequisite, prestigious, priority, private, private haven, private members club, privy to, profile, promise, proud, provision, purveyor. Yes, yes, there are lots of words that can help you just like they're helping him and not just in work. Think about the words you use with the people you love. For example, my older daughter, she is my sunshine. So often from the song, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. That song I sang to her when she was little, and she became my sunshine. So I use the word sunshine when referring to her very often when I text her. My younger daughter, (laughs) there was a children's book that said, you are my pride and joy, my only boy. So with her, since I have two girls, I would say you are my pride and joy, my only pianist, my only flautist. See, she plays the flute and the piano. My only visual artist. As she got older, she began really honing in her skills for art. She's very artistic all her life, but particularly by high school, she was actually making money at it. So uh, these are just ways to get someone to 
resonate with you more. Little tidbits of language can make or break your relationships personal and professional. So you've probably heard me say, you know, there's a difference between casual language and formal language. And of course, there's always also the language between lovers and twins. And that's more uh, innuendo uh, referenced language that nobody else understands that they share with each other. For example, uh, you might have stolen a line from a song like, truly, madly, deeply. And you might use that with a lover, or as I said earlier, with my two daughters, the little expressions I use. This helps you get closer. And in business, it helps you get closer in a business way. See, when you use the words that resonate with people, you create um, a third entity. There's not just you and that person, but there then is this third thing. I call it a triangle, a third point. And it creates in business, helps them to know, like, and trust you more. It's just a natural when people feel like you, they're like-minded, they like you more. Why is that important in business? Hmm, People do business with people that they like. That's a no-brainer. If you really dislike a salesperson, you might shy away and not purchase something that you would have otherwise purchased. In family situations, why is it important to use the right language? Well, We all know as parents with your kids, the right language will make or break whether you're working well with them and they with you. Here's an example you might not expect. My younger daughter, her love language was freedom. So oftentimes when she was ready to go out and play, I would say, do do you have the freedom to go out? And she would get angry. Mom, don't use that language. (laughs) And I would say to her, honey, freedom isn't free. This was setting her up for her adult life so she could go out and conquer the world, recognizing that freedom isn't free. You first have things you must do so that then you can go out there and play and have fun and forget about it because you've done your duty, right? You've done what you need to do. So the words don't have to make them like you at the time. You can be used, use words that help them when they grow up so that you are the angel on one shoulder and not the devil on the other. Or, as in my case when I grew up absent at all, my mom pretty much let us run free. And so I didn't have that little angel on my shoulder telling me the right things. I didn't have uh, as much of her voice in my ear of ways to relate to the world as many people do. And of course, there are people who've had less than I, so I'm not complaining. Just saying the language you use makes a difference. You want to use gourmet language if you're trying to attract gourmet customers? If you want to attract starving customers or starving friends, go ahead. Use starvation language. I have a friend who every time we get together tells me how broke he is, how much money is in his bank account, and how when he gets a couple hundred dollars, he's going to buy such and such. That kind of language, it's a miracle at all that the two of us hang out because that is not attracting to me. Obviously, he's a, a friend who we have other things in common. My point being, what do you want to attract? Do you want to attract and do you want to help others in a way that is best? Or do you want to spin your wheels and feel like, oh, I'm not getting anywhere? Use a luxury word list or even just a word bank. Let's say, for example, you were someone who was hiring people to work in the construction business. Oh my goodness gracious, you would need a completely different word list. 
If you attract someone who uses words like privilege and professionalism, they would not be the right kind of person to put them out there on the job site and expect they would be hardworking, physically diligent in um, street smarts and being able to handle that type of position, which is much different than the kind of person who might be able to handle a sit-down desk job or a job that deals with uh, luxury clients, for example. The language is completely different. Completely, right? And this is why when we're home, we might use a certain kind of language. And when we're on the job, we might kind of refine it a little bit. We're just taking it deeper to the next step. Not just recognizing this is casual language. This is formal language. But instead, recognizing that specific words will conjure up specific pictures in people's minds, feelings. People buy on emotion. People help each other on emotion. I was once doing a multi-level marketing um, training and one of the things that we trained our people with was that you need to use the kind of language that gets you what you want. So for example, you could say to someone, oh my gosh, can you do me a huge favor? And this would be you know, a family member or a close friend. And then by the time you ask them for a small little favor after that, they're like, oh, sure, Phew. I thought you were going to ask me for a big favor. But now that I realize it's just that, oh, so it's a way of framing the conversation. How do you frame your conversations in advance? And before you say, well, I don't want to manipulate anyone, recognize that in life and in business, your communication is meant to be a circle, obviously you reach out, you say something, they say something back, you, you take that cue for what you're gonna say next. So when you're speaking to someone, it's not, you're not, it's not like you're talking to a kid and you're gonna trick them into doing something. When we speak with adults, obviously we don't wanna manipulate. A tactic known is a tactic blown. Let me say that again. A tactic known is a tactic blown. If you know all about sales techniques, as, such as I do, and you go into a store and someone starts using them on you, it's a big turnoff because you already know that, right? Now, most people don't know the kind of techniques that salespeople use, which is why they're so successful. So I'm not telling you uh, to manipulate in a negative way or to... Um, overextend your ability to use language in a way that's unfair. But I am saying in order to help others, which should be your premise, you should be one of those people. I'm sure you are because you're the kind of person that listens to these uh, types of podcasts and reads these kinds of articles and wants to grow and learn and become your best and empower others, right? You want to help others. That's what part of your mission. And therefore, I don't have to worry about you taking some of these techniques and twisting them around in order to use anyone. All right, luxury words or job-specific words, content-specific words. If you're in the scientific field, you need scientific words. As a speaker about communication and connection, oftentimes I will work in an industry that is new to me. Take, for example, banking. I did not really know all the terminology in the banking realm, but it was okay because the kinds of words that I used were across the board words that people of any industry need to know. And then I could throw in a few industry words to make them know, like, and trust me. 
But knowing that, see, when you don't even know that, you might say, oh, I can't work in the banking industry. Um, I'll be found out. They'll know that I don't know their industry inside and out. doesn't matter. If you're an expert, you know your industry. You bring it to theirs. So don't get overly hung up on language and uh, whether you're using the right words and whether you're able. Just grow. Go out there and decide you're going to improve. You're going to have a word bank. (laughs) Whether it's on your phone or a piece of paper taped to your desk, taped to your computer. Come up with some words that are good, strong words that you can use to move your point across to get your communication where it needs to be. With your family, it'll look different than with your customers, which will look different than with your neighbors or your friends. But it's okay because everyone has a different way of looking at things and depending on where they are. For example, if you're talking to a coworker, you've already got the jargon of the job, right? So you can share those words. But what if you decided, you know what? I want to, let's say, upgrade my friends or upgrade my work associates. There's a lot of people I work with. I want to start hanging out with the ones that are movers and shakers because I'm a mover and a shaker. Then you might be better suited to fit in with that crowd if you were to upgrade your language. Oftentimes, I teach people in leadership how to upgrade their executive leadership skills, which include you guessed it, language, improving your language. I remember when I was headed off to college, my mom saying to me, Laura, the most important thing to get you into college and one of the most important things while you're there, obviously there are several important things, one of them is that you refine your and increase your vocabulary. The larger your vocabulary, the more of a command you have on language, the better you'll be suited for improving your status in life, your happiness quotient too. Now, if you were living on a beach somewhere, you know, um, didn't really need to worry about interacting with too many people, you just kind of hung out, you were, I don't know, forever wealthy or whatever, you might not need a large language, although you'd be pretty bored. (laughs) However, the rest of us that are interacting with other people, language is important. I remember as a teenager once, we lived in Miami Springs, and they had a lot of canals, which were waterways that were man-made, and behind our apartment complex was a canal, and we were sitting on a little bench at the canal, my girlfriend and I, and a boy that lived in those apartment complexes with us. His name was Roy, and her name was Jackie, and Jackie and I would sit on either side of Roy, and we would sing Beatles songs, and Roy would make a joke. He would say, wow, I've got stereo, and if we weren't on either side of him, he'd say, hey, why don't you get over here? I need stereo sing that song again and we would sit out there at the canal chatting and I remember one day the two of them came down on me they said Laura you use words that are too big I said what yeah you use these big words we wish you wouldn't I spent a little time thinking about that later on in the evening and realized that yes my vocabulary was a little too strong for them, (laughs) a little too advanced, let's say. But to be fair, they lived in my apartment complex, one and the other down the street in a house, and they weren't as sophisticated or educated as I. They hadn't cared as much about schooling. One was ended up dropping out, and the other was a straight C student, although I loved her dearly. And uh, the two of them really didn't like my large words that I was using. That's okay. 
we learn through experiences. I recognize that day, oh, I need to get to know the listener a little better. I need to realize that I need to use a better language that fits in better with these two to make them more comfortable. Does that mean I'll never use big words again? No, that's a stupid thing to get from that, right? I didn't do that. I recognized through situational awareness, which is something I suggest to everyone, become more situationally aware. I recognize through the situation that in these circumstances, when I am sitting with my friends who are, you know, more chill and not as academic as I, that using smaller words would be more important and help them more, help us to get along better instead of them misunderstanding me or getting frustrated with me. Same for you. Depending on who you're around, you want to use that kind of language. Now, if you are hanging out with people that have better refined language skills, guess what? You're going to improve your vocabulary. You're going to learn from them. And that, my friend, is good. They say you are the average of the top five people you hang out with, not just financially, not just socially, but also your language. You will improve your language skills, which kind of goes along with socioeconomic uh, groups in a way. To be fair, it is true that, that that usually there's a correlation there. Not always though. We can't over um, generalize. When you overgeneralize, you create a little bit of problems for yourself and for others. So do not overgeneralize. Are you excited about your word list? I can't wait to hear what kind of word list you create, how it helps you in communicating with others, and in specifically in connecting with others. Write to me at laura at sevendailyhabits.com. That's the number seven, not the word. Or you can reach out to me here. Did you know you can leave a voice message here with me on Anchor? Well, you can. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. And remember, use good words.